0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. Today in the studio.
1: This is Lydia matikio Bastianic. I have many library memories. In my life as a young child, there was no television. There was just books. And books were also scarce. Money was scarce. And library was a source of information. And I would love to go to the library, and especially the children's books, and pull them out. And there was a librarian, and I think her name was Maria, I'm not sure, but she would pull all the books. She knew I liked animals, so I liked the rabbit stories. But the one story that I really loved and read over and over and over was Heidi. I read Heidi after I came to the States, after I was a teenager, and my children, for my birthday, bought me a hand-bound copy of Heidi with a gilded title, which is a precious part of my library.
2: Hi, I'm Juno Diaz. I had a, a kind of a strange experience growing up, which meant that in the Dominican Republic, I actually wasn't read to. There was, like, no reading in my household. The only book in my house in the Dominican Republic was the Bible, and nobody was trying to read, well, at least in my family, they weren't trying to read the Bible to kids. Books entered my life when I immigrated to the United States. Now, when that happens, of course, I was learning to read in English, and my parents didn't speak English. So I kind of missed out on the whole experience of being read to. I was a very bookish and nerdy kid, and I think probably that's why I— you know, enjoy reading to the young people around me. I think part of it is because I never got that. And so it's a way that I can kind of live through it vicariously. But, you know, one of the things that I did get was that I was always allowed to take out more books than any other kid. My family kind of let me have time for reading, which wasn't always the case for all families. And even though I didn't get read to, I felt like my family did create a space for me to become a reader. And that is foundational. I mean, that's, why I'm here talking to you.
3: Hi, this is Joey Coleman. I spent a good amount of time growing up in the library, not only as a kid, but particularly in college. Now, irony of all ironies, to be completely candid, I spent my time on the second floor of the library at the University of Notre Dame, where I went to undergrad. The second floor was known for, how shall I say, The students that wanted to be able to tell their parents that they were studying in the library, but were much more interested in the conversations they would have with their classmates who also hung out on the second floor. Let's just say my regular desk had a toaster, a radio, and a lot more toys than books.
4: This is Daniel Jose Older. I've always loved libraries. They are kind of a refuge in so many different ways. And I do just have lots of memories from my childhood of walking aimlessly through both libraries and bookstores and just wandering on the physical level and letting my imagination wander, particularly with mythology. I think those were usually my favorite sections. And one book would lead to another that would lead to another and some had pictures and some didn't. And it's just such an exciting place for the imagination to be it's not a library memory, but in the seventh grade, my English teacher, Mrs. Inez Middleton, handed me an Octavia Butler book, Blood Child, for just no reason that I can imagine. She just put it in my hands and gave it to me. And, you know, Octavia Butler is one of the pillars of science fiction and fantasy, and really has guided my own career a lot in my own imagination, looking at the work that she did. That was really profound. And I, it was so profound that I didn't even realize the depth of it. I mean, I was... You know, 12. So it took me a while before it really burst. I was thinking of it as kind of like she just planted the seed. I mean, I read it at the time, but later I realized the power of Octavia Butler's work and went ahead and just read everything she'd written. And that really was one of the experiences that made me a writer.
1: Hi, this is Susie Fincham Gray. Libraries have always been a really big part of my life. Some of my earliest memories are from the children's section. Of the Hereford Library in my hometown in England. My sister and I would sit on the floor and pore through the big cubes of picture books for hours and hours, trying to decide which ones we were going to pick to take out on our library tickets. Since then, I've visited libraries all over the U.S., from the University of Pennsylvania's library to the Philadelphia Library, To most recently, the San Diego Central Library, which is probably the most beautiful library that I've been to.
2: This is Dr. Stuart Ablon. My favorite memories of libraries growing up was really the card catalog, because there was nothing more sort of clean and logical then going to find a book during your library time at school and you'd go into those long card catalogs and pull out the drawer and find the exact number and then go find it in the stacks. It was incredibly satisfying because unlike so much of what I spend my time doing, which is messy and unclear and you don't know what the outcome's going to be, that almost always went well and just like you would expect it.
0: Man, did that appeal. This is Gregory Pardlow. My old friend Newby actually worked in a library once. We were in middle school or early in high school. He turned me on to blues music and showed me around the library. Of course, working in the library, he had access to everything and understood how everything worked. And hanging out with him... I got a chance to go through the library from a perspective of empowerment and not just as a guest inside this massive room with all of these books. And so it changed my perspective on my relationship to the library. So I began to see the library as a resource, as this treasure trove of free stuff that I could get from music to video to obviously to books. Out of all the librarians, he's probably the one librarian I've found most inspiring in my life.
3: This is Sir Ken Robinson. When I was at school myself, I used to go to the local library in Widnes, which is near Liverpool. And I spent hours there wandering around. I mean, I've always been fascinated by libraries anyway, and librarians. It interests me that people have long thought that digital culture would be the end of libraries. Of course, it's been nothing of the sort libraries now are reviving in all kinds of fascinating ways they are becoming real cultural centers you know, it's no longer a place where you go and you're told to be quiet when I was a student I used to go and borrow records this seems like a long time ago well it was it was in the 1960s they had a big spoken word library and I used to borrow records from the library and take them home and put them on the record player I used to get the works of Shakespeare Dylan Thomas and other great poets The thing about it was, of course, that vinyl records are very fragile. So when you took the record out from the library, before you took it out, they took the record from the sleeve and inside there was an album-sized piece of paper on which they carefully marked in a pencil the lines of any scratches that were already on the record. And if you brought it back and there were further scratches, then you would be fined correspondingly for it. It encouraged in me a level of care an exactitude in playing vinyl records that I would never have had otherwise if I weren't being charged by the scratch. But I do remember listening to King Lear on Parlophone. Parlophone, for those of you who don't remember this or don't know it, was a specialist record label that dealt with the spoken word, as in Parlophone. It was Parlophone that eventually became the label for the Beatles. All the other music labels rejected them. Parlophone specialized in the spoken word and also in comedy and what was seen as kind of gimmicky records. But they had this producer called George Martin, which turned out to be very fortuitous because he produced all the Beatles' records. One of their best records, I always thought, was I Am The Walrus. And if you know the record, at the end of it, there's a whole section from King Lear. As the record closes, there's a sequence from The Heath where Edward is strewn across the heather. It took a long time to realize what it was, but I remember it clearly because I once borrowed the record and scratched it. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio.
0: Thank you for listening.